0: Back with episode 196 of the TNA Cross the Line podcast. I am Bob Conley Jr. With me, as always, is Dallas Gridley. And Dallas, we are coming off of Bound for Glory 2005, where the young wonder Kevin Nash was not medically cleared to compete. So the main event was basically thrown out, and we had a new one. There was a gauntlet for the gold, essentially, number one contendership involving 10 guys. And I'm sure we'll get into it Mm -hmm. uh, with a brief rundown. But in the end, the Man Beast Rhino defeated Jeff Jarrett to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. And yes, Rhino was also involved in the four way Monsters ball match. And guess what? That's when you say what, Dan? What? He won that one too. Oh, my God. And then he won the Gauntletville and the World Title, So he won three matches in one night, completely throwing his apparent small alliance with Jeff Jarrett out the window. And he's is the new world champion. I would have gone with Mountie Brown. That's just me. I don't matter. Dallas, how are we feeling coming out of bound for glory and having a new world heavyweight champion?
1: Uh, well, overall, I'd say we're feeling pretty good. Uh, it was a very, um, I thought it was a very good show for a three and a half hour long pay-per-view. Because, of course, the pre-show wasn't just a pre-show. It was part of the show. Okay. So we had an extra 30 minutes, which if you've been listening to the last couple of pay-per-views we've been covering, you've gotten
0: the extra 30 minutes with those two. <laughs> yeah, well, and I disagree that it was part of the show because they still had the countdown that like they do on the pre-shows. So, to me, that's not part of the show.
1: I mean, it's not—you're uh, not wrong. But uh, it's funny because Dave makes a funny remark about this, too, but we'll get into it. Um, there is some super interesting stuff coming out of Bound for Glory, and we're going to get into all of that, of course, here before the show. Because we're going to break down the show uh, before maybe a few other minor notes, and then we're, we'll get into uh, today's episode, back Covering Impact— and it should be interesting and um i don't know i guess i don't have anything else to open with besides just kind of getting into this
0: then get into it Dad. let's doing.
1: let's do it let's talk about bound for glory um i guess before i forget since i tend to do that uh, me and bob liked the show we gave it a thumbs up uh so bob how do you feel that the readers of the wrestling observer newsletter thought about it did they agree with us with the thumbs up or did they go down or in the middle they no they're, they're gonna say thumbs up yeah they did um 80.2 percent gave it a thumbs up 5.8 percent gave it a thumbs down and 14 percent gave it a thumbs in the middle and if you want the breakdown of those numbers we had about 263 people vote up 19 down and 46 in the middle so uh as far as um how many people uh responded it's it's pretty good really um now, I know we didn't talk about the matches yet, but Bob, what do you think got voted on as the best match from Bound for Glory?
0: I'm gonna assume Styles and Daniels.
1: Yes, and it was by a landslide. Um, but in second place, with quite a bit of votes as well, was that Monsters Ball match. And third was Roderick Strong versus Sanjay Dutt versus Austin Aries versus Alex Shelley.
2: And as so far that, as
0: And that was on the pre show, right?
2: Yes. I had to double check that. Uh, so,
1: I mean, it was in the first half hour of the pay-per-view, but, you know, pre-show, first half hour, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about the worst match? Who do you think I voted on as the worst? Uh, the Diamonds
0: in the Rough match?
1: It was. It was Apollo and Siaki and Sharkboy against the Diamonds in the Rough. But there was five others with them. Uh, and second for the worst match was Jarrett and Rhino. And then it was Monty Brown and Lance White. Then Three Life Crew versus Team Canada. Then the Gauntlet match. And then, believe it or not, Ultimate X. And right. I think there's a reason, and we'll talk about that. Yeah, it's got to be for that finish. Yeah, I mean, there's some pretty interesting stuff. Um, so, let's dive in. There's a couple things here before we get into it that Dave talks about. And then we will talk about the show itself. So... Um, This was from the October 31st, uh, 2005 Observer Newsletter, if you're keeping track at home. Uh, So Dave says that the two most clear things coming out of TNA's Bound for Glory pay-per-view on October 23rd in Orlando were that it was not the show the company hoped it would be, and probably not even close, but that it will turn out to be financially the most successful event they have ever produced. Now Bob's probably wondering, what the fuck does that mean? I'm going to tell you in just a second. It's pretty interesting because I didn't know this, but... Uh, anyway, so due to it being billed as both the Super Bowl of TNA and probably more due to the company being viewed by four times as many fans on television per week as before, it's a lot This show destroyed any previous marks the company has done on pay-per-view. Our response were up more than 67% from TNA's biggest draw pay-per-view from the November through January of last year, which we're doing uh, in the 35000 to 40000 buy range. Um, he says it's likely... This show did in the same range as some of the weaker WCW and ECW shows were doing in 2000 to 2001. It says the show drew the usual full house, which this time was about 900 fans. Uh, about 750 of them came from around the U.S. for the FanFest, paying $59.95. So the company did actually do a live gate um, at about $45,000. Um, another 150 were part goers. Uh, local wrestling fans, or giving tickets mostly in the parks by Jimmy Hart. Uh, there were fans from all over North America with strong uh, congregations from New York and Chicago, as well as from Japan, Italy, Australia, and the United Kingdom.
0: So everyone is coming out to see Bound for Glory. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, like this is again the kind of the WrestleMania. People travel right. from all over the world to go to WrestleMania.
1: Yeah, well, hopefully these people didn't come to see Kevin Nash because, as you mentioned, and here, uh, the show was officially changed just hours before it was to start. Now, the day before, Kevin Nash, scheduled to face Jeff Jarrett in the main event, he complained of chest pains, called 911, and was rushed to the hospital. Nash, whose father died at the age of 35 from a heart attack, was given an uh, EKG and held overnight for observation. While some automatically thought that this was a work, noting that Nash did something similar in WCW when he was supposed to do the job for the Giant, uh, by later that night uh, with Terry Taylor reporting back with Nash at the hospital, everyone realized that the situation was very real and serious. The night before, the booking committee was up all night basically restructuring the show uh, and the main event would have to be changed. Uh, They didn't know for sure until the morning that there was no way Nash uh, would have been cleared to wrestle. And that the Plan B would have to go into effect. Uh, and Dave even notes here, believe it or not, here Bob, that Kevin Nash, who's 46 at this time, he may have wrestled his last match, at least according to the belief at press time. And we of course know that is not true. <laughs> he
0: he literally has another like brief WWE run
1: after this. Yeah, he's got a pretty he's got some he's got some time left. <laughs> Uh, Nash himself did not want to go to the hospital or did want, sorry, did not want the hospital to release his medical condition. What is known is that he did not suffer a heart attack, but his EKG did uncover some form of a problem. So let's talk about plan B, because I think this is where it gets super interesting and you kind of get a look into what was supposed to happen. So plan B, however, is very controversial in hindsight. Now the original plan was for Jarrett to beat Kevin Nash when a Raven would interfere, turn heel and cost Nash the match. Plus special ref Tito Ortiz would also go heel, which is, I think I might've mentioned that I thought, but, um, yeah, where, yeah, because he, he like pushed Jarrett instead of choking him out like he did to Nash. Right. He
0: but, choked but, out Nash. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: where, uh, he's most natural. Uh, of course there's some about, um, Ortiz, um, and it was widely agreed Dusty Rhodes made a mistake by bringing him in as a baby face. So eventually this would lead to a Kevin Nash Raven program. Which, I don't know, kind of sounds interesting because that's like a very bizarre combo. Oh, yeah, it is. See, so like, wow. I don't know, something about that was like, dang, I kind of wish you, I kinda wish you saw this. So uh, with it being the company's biggest show in its history, to not deliver the advertised main event made them panic and go overboard in booking. So they added the gauntlet, uh, the battle royal, where the winner Rhino would get his shot at Jarrett, and then they put Rhino over for the last minute to win the NWA title. So uh, obviously he was not supposed to; <laughs> he's not supposed to win this because he wasn't in the match. But Jarrett wasn't going to drop the belt. I think that's the most interesting part. Now apparently the decision came down to either Raven, who had the stronger storyline reason of being screwed out of the title and never getting a rematch, or Rhino. Any thoughts of Monty Brown or Samoa Joe were nixed because the the belief that it was too soon is both are thought to be possible long-term champions. The feeling is that Raven was planned for a heel turn with a storyline built in, uh, built around him not getting a title shot is a key part of it. Thus, they'd have to abandon the storyline to go with him. So I, I sort of see where they're what they mean by that, because the whole point is like he's fighting with Larry Zbyszko right now about not getting a title shot, but... I still think it should have
0: been Raven. But. So if he were to turn heel, would he have, like, because I had said, maybe he'll do the whole life. If I don't, can't beat him, I'll just join him. Would he have aligned himself with Jarrett?
1: You know, I think that's a really interesting question.
0: Um,
1: I almost look at it, so I'd say you could, you could do that. And I think it would make sense with the way the story's going. But then there's the other part of like, well, I don't want Kevin Ash to win because I'm not the one in the match. So I'm just going to screw
0: him. Yeah, that's my other thing too. Is because he Raven is typically a loner, right? Um, So he could just just still turn heel and just, I guess, still hate Jared and then, but still be a heel. Yeah, and then it's just
1: more like screw you, Kevin Nash, because it was supposed to be my title shot, right? And which would make sense of why he's like going off to this doing a separate story then, and then Jared kind of continues with whatever he's going to do. Yeah, which is also interesting because if. If Raven and Kevin Nash went to go do their own thing, then who's next for Jarrett? I guess it, we'd have to start to work in Monty Brown or something, right? I would have I mean, to think so. But I, I think it's funny s- that
0: they think it's too soon for Dude. Monty Brown. I mean, we're going on literally are you probably a year and a half now. He that, been, that He should have been. He should have won the championship. Yeah. I mean, last November on Impact, when they had a match, and we were like, oh, they should have just put the title on Monty Brown. Right. And they didn't do it. And then I think he had. Did he? He did. He have a title match on pay per view. Was oh, it? In was it January? Because I know February was Nash, and then March was Page. You're making me think yes, but now I can't remember. Hold on. January might have been, Money Brown.
1: January was Final Resolution. Yes, it was. It was—oh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It was—oh, yeah, because he won the three-way match, the number one contender match against DDP and Kevin Nash, and then he lost to
0: Jeff Jarrett same night. So even—I would probably even say at final resolution nine months ago, he should have um, probably just won the title. Right. Yeah, probably. Samoa Joe being too soon, I think, is comical, because it's Samoa Joe. He's a believable badass. And um I'll tell you right now, if he if Samoa Joe had marched down to that ring and choked out Jeff Sherrett in thirty seconds with Tito Ortiz ringing the bell and all that, Samoa Joe is a fucking made man. I mean, yeah. Made man. Yeah, that would have been crazy. And you probably could just treat him as your Goldberg, honestly, at that point. Yeah, I mean I don't see why not. I think it's I don't know who right now on that roster, I would sit there and be like, oh, they can beat Samoa Joe. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. You know? Yeah. Samoa Joe is on kind of a different level. Even though he's a X division quote-unquote guy, um, mm-hmm. he certainly doesn't fit the uh, prototype of your X division guy. So. Right. No, it's totally true.
1: Um, and speaking of the X division uh, it's kind of another one of those uh, weird things that happened during the show. So... Uh, we're going to talk a little X-Division now. So as it turns out, the changes were the weakest part of the show, which was good overall, and uh, seemed to impress the majority of first-time pay-per-view buyers. Uh, so he mentions that the Christopher Daniels versus AJ Styles Iron Man match was excellent, but it didn't live up to the standards of the original one in February. I believe you and I both agreed with that statement after we watched it. Yep. Um, and then the bigger issue here is that an equipment malfunction ended the Ultimate X several minutes early before most of the biggest uh, spots were planned. So all the wrestlers uh, were visibly frustrated in front of the audience, including the winner, P. Williams. Now, the X above the ring fell down twice. The second time, it fell into the hands of Williams, who was the scheduled winner, oh, and, okay. so which is very important to know. Now, someone backstage, who apparently their identity is being kept a secret, uh, because in hindsight it was the wrong decision, so we're not saying who it is, signaled to just end it. And that's why he just stood under it when it was about to fall again. <laughs> um, but the problems were also with the layout. Um, so it was clear uh, to the live crowd that the Samojo Joe vs. Legger match was close to the most anticipated match of the show, but it was booked to only go seven minutes. Because of adding the gauntlet and apparently uh, questions regarding Liger. The fact is that both Liger and Joe are much better long match wrestlers, and while what they did was good, it was a major letdown. Um, and actually, <clears throat> I think this is a good time. Let me scroll real quick to a different note. I was just telling Bob Fair probably fits better for this section of the show because there's another note about this match in particular. Uh, Because that Samoa Joe vs. Shushan Liger match was originally slated to go apparently 20 minutes. Uh, Even when they changed the show around and added the gauntlet battle royal, they were still supposed to do a longer match. It's not exactly clear why uh, it happened, but they were in there working in the beginning of a long match. And then at about five minutes in, the ref told both guys to go home and they rushed their final spots in. Liger expressed interest in returning, and they have an idea for a potential TV special in 2006 that he'd be a major part of.
0: So, so they were, they were going to go 20? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That is pretty nuts. I, I don't know if I can picture them going 20. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Joe obviously has gone long. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying. I don't know. I can't. I thought that, you know, seven to 10 minutes was fine. but
1: Yeah. Um. So on a positive side. Uh, the Jeff Hardy versus Rhino versus Hebu versus Abyss Monsters Ball match tore the house down. There is also a question with so many matches being rushed why did Diamonds in the Rough, which is of course Simon Diamond, Skipper, and David Young versus Apollo, Sharkboy, and Sonny Zaki appear on the pay per view to begin with? As that made 11 matches before a crowd that was clearly getting tired down the stretch. The crowd still saved Monty Brown versus Lance Hoyt match because it's two of their favorites, but Dave says it was a bad match. Uh, They added Battle Royal, dragged, and when Rhino came out for his shot at Jarrett, it was his third bout of the night and people weren't that hot to see him. Still, the shock title change popped the crowd, as did the return of Team 3D, whom the company changed plans on just a few days before the show. The original idea was for them to not either be at the pay-per-view or the television tapings due to the injury angle. However, the strong response at the funeral segment saw the company make the call to work it out where they would leave the All Japan tour midway to make the surprise post match attack on the pay-per-view since they also wanted them in a match for the Spike special. Uh, so there was in fact a change plan there is that they were not supposed to be there. They left so, the tour early.
0: Okay, so they're not going they're not even going to go back. I'm assuming not. Pretty interesting. But um
1: let's let's do a quick rundown of some matches, get some star ratings. And um, talk more Bound for Glory. Um, on the pre-show, or the big first 30 minutes free of the pay-per-view, Sanjay dot won a four-way over Austin Aries, Roger Strong, and Alex Shelley in 12 minutes 31 seconds. And he calls this in the ROH Generation Next match. Um, and even Dave says, this was basically the pre-show match, but it was billed at being part of the pay-per-view, being the first 30 minutes free, even though it really is the same thing they've done for every pay-per-view. The finish saw a Strong set up a superplex, but Dutt threw him off the ropes and came uh, with a Dragon Rana for the pin, three and a half stars. Uh, he also does, for the record, he labels this as the first match of the pay-per-view and not a pre-show match, because he does label them differently, just for the record. It's a pre-show match. I'm just saying, he literally does label it as number one, instead of like A. Usually it's like right. A. Um, Raven, uh, during the pre-show, came out for a promo demanding that he get the title match. Larry Zbysko, who Dave says needs to dress up more for these occasions, was called out. Rhino eventually came out, um, and he kind of had a confrontation with Raven, and then Rhino gored the hell out of Cassidy Riley for reasons that made no sense. With the cameras on the announcers, he then did it again, and he gored Riley a second time. Uh, Samoa Joe beat Jushin Lager in 7 minutes, 15 seconds. uh, Joe came out with a Polynesian dance team as Dave calls it, which I think is a funny dance team. Uh, When Liger came out, tons of streamers were thrown. They pointed out Simon Inoki, the New Japan president at ringside, and talked that TNA had a partnership, tie-in with New Japan, and also announced TNA contest winners to get get training are sent to the New Japan dojo in Los Angeles. The end came suddenly as Joe used the muscle buster to get uh, and got the choke. Uh, Two and a half stars. And then next up, Simon Diamond and Elix Skipper and David Young, the Diamonds in the Rough, defeated Sunny Siaki, Apollo, and Shark Boy in seven minutes, seven seconds. He says you can't fault the effort here, but with a card that has as much going on, this match served no purpose. Uh, Young Pensiaki, after Spinebuster, two and a quarter stars.
0: See, I would think that it served a purpose for maybe the Diamonds in the Rough, like getting a push.
1: I think that's very fair. And actually, this is another note that I think I should just tie in right here because it's about that match. So uh, with there was consideration given canceling uh, the Diamonds in a Rough match on the pay-per-view when they added the gauntlet. They went back and forth, but in the end, they decided it was a big show of the year and that most of those guys have been with the company for a long time and felt that they deserved a chance to appear on the big stage. He says, to me, and most seem to agree with this in hindsight, there's no point in having that gauntlet. Uh, and they should have just gone with the winner of the Monster's Ball getting the title shot because the gauntlet made the show drag and left almost no time for the main event. Although the main event was booked to be a short match anyways, the gauntlet went about two minutes longer than planned. And people had already seen all of those guys, several great matches, and they simply couldn't uh, possibly top it at that point. Yeah, I, so, agree. I agree.
0: Just make the Monster's Ball a number one contender.
1: Yeah, I thought that was a really good idea, actually um after that diamonds in the rough match jeff jarrett did a promo he said screw sabu screw abyss screw rhino screw jeff hardy etc he had a face off monty brown to tease their feud that is set for some time jarrett tried to act like they are friends but ended up as a stare down uh monty brown then pinned lance hoyt in six minutes and 32 seconds there was some good stuff here and the crowd saved this match because they were going nuts he points out how Hoyt's punches are just awful, and they got worse as the match went on. And I think Bob kept being like, "Look at those punches!" because he's slapping his leg, and I kept missing oh. it every single time.
0: Yeah, it's it's bad. And like I've said, in in Meltzer has said before, I believe about like again with like Chris Harris. Chris Harris's punches <clears throat> are fine. I I think they're good punches. Lance Hoyt's punches at this point are just horrible. So fucking bad.
1: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to really
0: pay attention next time. I hope, I mean, I'm sure he'll be on he an will. episode and back before the pay-per-view. So I'm sure we'll see it again. It's like the AR, you know, so the way that Hoyt does like slam is like it's like AR Fox when he does Kicks a kick the and then he claps his hands in front of his face. It's like, oh my God, what are we doing? Oh, yeah, those are bad. Those I know are
1: really bad. Horrible. Uh, Dave uh, says that, of course, uh, ended up, Mount Brown ended up winning the match with the pounce, period as he calls it, which I just get a kick out of because it's not, it's just called the pounds. But uh, he gives the match one and a half stars. Team Canada, uh, Eric Young, Bobby Roode, and A1 defeated Conan, BG James, and Ron Killings in five minutes, 59 seconds. Uh, he notes that the pre-match was funny because Kip James came out and offered BG his services to keep Scott Demore from having an impact. BG and Killings thought it was a great idea, but Conan thought it was a terrible idea. Kip James ended up just coming, instead of coming to ringside, just watched on the ramp. Well, guess what? Scott Demore ended up coming out, had the referee distracted, basically proving that Kip James should have been at ringside. Uh, the Canadians continued a post-match beatdown when uh, Kip uh, pulled BG to safety and let the Canadians beat up Conan. They held Conan and invited Kip James to hit Conan with a chair, but instead he hit A1 so that it, it was as if he turned face as Conan was even convinced. One and a half stars.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, Kip was definitely in the right. And I'm starting to think that they're going to they're going to switch it here where Conan is going to be the guy that ends up turning. Oh, shit. Because because he's just he's being so. I don't I can't think of the word, but like when, you know, this Kip is trying to do the right thing. And then Conan's like, nah, dude. Yeah. Screw you. And then he screws them over.
1: We have a uh, we'll have a Conan interview on our next episode that he says some pretty interesting stuff. So that'll be on our next episode for next week. But uh, I and remember we did see the tease of him hanging out with Apollo backstage already once.
0: <laughs> right. And then in the notes, it was like, oh, he's going to form a Spanish group with uh, Apollo and. it was else. so
1: it was going to be shocker at first, but he shocker. wants hama
2: Yeah. It's going to be interesting.
0: I can't really uh, picture Shocker in that type of group anyway. No, I think we're I think we're basically done with him if I was to
1: guess. Damn. Um, next up, Pete Williams won the Ultimate X over Matt Bentley and Chris Sabin in 13 minutes 38 seconds. They noted that this was Sabin's seventh Ultimate X match, which includes the one in the IWA promotion in Puerto Rico. Uh, Saban was on top on the top rope, teasing that he was going to climb to get the X, but instead he moonsaulted backwards in both guys. Sabin was about to win when Bentley um, speared him off. The X fell down at that point. So that was the first time. They stopped the match. They brought out the fix-it crew to put the X back up, which killed the momentum of the match. But B- Bentley did a dive to the outside on Williams. Sabin and Bentley fought over the X. They both fell down. The X came loose again. and Williams was underneath it and caught it. So wasn't the plan finish. Sabin and Bentley both threw obvious fits in front of people, with Bentley doing a total Shawn Michaels about it, as he says. Uh, even Williams was mad, which was stupid, because he won. Uh, he could be mad when he got backstage because of all this, uh, the best stuff had been yet to come, but he won the match and the title shot, and you're in front of the people. Even if finish is blown and you win, you shouldn't be selling it that it's bad in front of the people. Even with all that, he gives this three stars.
0: Um, Saban, like, literally stomped backstage, like, going backstage. Oh, yeah. I mean, we even we noted, like, oh, yeah, they're pissed. Oh, yeah. You could definitely tell.
1: Next up. Chris Harris, James Storm, America's Most Wanted, retained the NWA tag team titles over Andy Douglas and Chase Stevens, the Naturals, in a 10-minute, 38-second match. Dave says it was a good match, but the title change that aired the night before was better. Once again, we agreed with the same thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gail Kim distracted Douglas, and Harris handcuffed uh, him to the guardrail. This allowed them to double-team Stevens. Uh, Storm hit Stevens over the head with a beer bottle, and Storm pinned Stevens after after the death sentence. Here's beat up Douglas, uh, who was stiff handcuffed uh, after the match. Three stars. So pretty, pretty good. Yeah, no, I
0: thought I thought that was a, yeah, I thought that was
1: a good match. Because wow, what a shocker! America's Most Wanted and the Naturals have a good match. Wouldn't have called that one.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, Rhino won the Monsters Ball over Sabu, uh, Jeff Hardy, and Abyss. He literally made a typo, and I almost said it that he beat himself. But anyway, uh, that match went 11 minutes, 47 seconds. It was a brawl all over the place, but it was the show stealer. Uh, The story here is that all four guys were kept, of course, without food, water for 12 waters and kept in the dark. He says 12 hours. It's supposed to be 24, but whatever. Um, Now, you'll hear how funny this is in a second. And we said it on the show. But so Don West noted that Hardy looked like he'd done that many a time, which is (laughs) absurd. (laughs) Um, Well, Rhino had clearly been out since he already did an angle Two hours earlier, so but he says, I guess they must have made sure that he didn't eat by doing the last-minute weigh-in. <laughs> because he no, he's on the pre-show. Uh, so they did a totally insane spot during this match where Biss, as he says, was sleeping on a table in front of the entrance. Uh, Hardy put him there. Uh, and Hardy climbed to the stage where he was about 10 feet in the air, and then he climbed to another spot that was even higher. Uh, he had to leap off the top and clear the ramp to on Abyss. It appeared it was coming from 12 feet up, but had to fly 15 feet out to make it work. He hit the move perfectly. It was spectacular as hell, but Hardy is going to hurt himself real bad someday if he keeps doing things like that. Every wrestler in the match, most of management, and nearly everyone who had heard about it tried to talk him out of the idea. But people gave up when they realized that no matter what he was told, he had already decided that he was doing it. It turned people around on him because of the good uh, percentage of the Orlando crowd boost him heavily. And after doing that, I can't see him being booed for a while. The only question is after this move as spectacular as anything in TNA history. Why did Hardy and Abyss even get up? Yeah, Uh, no kidding. I mean, it's true. Abyss came back and threw Sabu over the top rope through a table. Uh, After that, he pulled out thumbtacks, but before he could use them, Rhino gored the holy hell out of him through a table Reynold then pinned Hardy after a pile driver off the middle rope. And luckily, Hardy got his head out. Um, unluckily, it was way too obvious. But that was another scary spot. So he gives this match four stars.
0: No, I thought that was, yeah, that was a nuts, a nutty monster's ball. Definitely better than the first one that we saw at mm-hmm. Victory Road. Um, yeah, it was a brutal. Yeah, that was insane. Next up.
1: AJ Styles pinned Christopher Daniels in the only fall in 29 minutes, 58 seconds to win a 30-minute Ironman match. Um, I mean, if you're watching it, there's technically there was only one second left, but whatever. Um, and he ended up retaining, of course, the exhibition title. The crowd was burned out from the prior match. Uh, they went slower than usual, but they had to. Um, the last few minutes were great, both of them trading near falls. They played off the last finish of the three-way with the reversing the Angel's Wings into the back bridge, but Daniels reversed him. Now, the reverse was wound up that Styles hit hitting the Styles Clash with seconds left to get the pin. Both guys sold more and worked more exhaust, exhaustion better than in their previous bouts, but it was better. He says that it was better than the angles Michael's Iron Man match, but not a match of the year level bout. The crowd gave both men a standing ovation, and Styles was crying at the end. Four stars.
0: Better than Angle's Michael. Michael's Iron match. I don't think I've seen that in a long time. I'd have to rewatch that and compare them. It's been a while. I believe the Michael's Angle one was on Raw, though, right? That sounds right. Like on the maybe the return to USA. Mm, that sounds right to me.
2: I think that's what they did then.
1: Um, next up was the Gauntlet match. Rhino won in 14 minutes, 16 seconds for the title shot. People really didn't need this match at this point in the show. He right. eliminated Abyss at the end, one and a half stars. Nothing else to say. It was a battle royal. Right. I mean, he rates more, but I'm not. There's nothing else to say. Um, and then finally, the main event. Rhino pinned Jeff Jarrett in 5 minutes, 40 seconds to win the NWA world title. Tito Ortiz was the referee, but really didn't play into much of the storyline, nor did they do the original plan turn. Jarrett hit Rhino with a guitar shot. Rhino kicked out and got uh, no pop. People didn't expect that he was going to win, and really either uh, were either really burned out by this point or didn't care that much if he did. Although it did pop for the idea of seeing the title change hands when it happened. After the match, America's Most Wanted came out. They set up for a second guitar shot, but Rhino hit the Gore instead and got the pin. Uh, Post match saw a beatdown on Rhino until Three Life Crew made the save. Team Canada came out. They went to put Rhino in the casket that they brought out because Jarrett said that he originally is for Kevin Nash, of course. But someone was going to leave in the casket. Um, after Jeff Jarrett finally nailed him with the guitar shot, Team 3D made their surprise run-in. They used a 3D on Eric Young and put him in the casket to end the show. Brushing Team 3D back just to end the show with a face pop showed a real lack of patience. One and a quarter stars for the main event.
0: Yeah, I can see the lack of patience thing. Um, so. Here's my question for you, Dallas, as we've been going over Bound for Glory, and now that Rhino is the champion. I'm assuming Rhino is a babyface um, mm-hmm. following this one. Does a babyface Rhino come across as a long-term champion? Because for me, a heel no. Rhino is much more of a long-term champion than a babyface Rhino.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I totally agree. Okay. Yeah, babyface Rhino, I mean... Fine and all, but I like mean Rhino.
0: Right. I mean, if he, if he keeps that same attitude that he has as a heel, towards heels, then like, okay. But I feel like in wrestling, whenever a badass heel turns face, they suddenly become yeah, not so much of a badass. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, they feel like they need to have that sympathy level or something. So I'm kind of curious to see the potential character direction here. For Rhino, which I'm sure we'll see here on this episode of Impact coming out of the per view, sure I would have to, yeah. be some kind of segment to, you know, celebrate the title winner, Jarrett complaining and Rhino comes out, whatever. So. Right. I would have to
1: assume. Um, I just have a few other quick notes here uh, before we get into the show. And then we have a few more during the show to talk about as well. So um, apparently um, the Crusher just passed away. At this time, like right before the show, and TNA did announce that they were dedicating the pay-per-view to the memory of the Crusher, and Mike Tenay noted that growing up, the Crusher was Jeremy Borash's favorite wrestler. Now you would have no idea that they dedicated the show to them, him, because they did not say that. But just so you know, Bob, the Bound for Glory 2005 was in memory of the Crusher.
0: Yeah, no, I um, I think on the pre-show, Tenay mentioned that he did. Yeah. Well, at I, some do... point, it was mentioned. And I'm pretty sure okay. I said that, oh, hey, they just, they're dedicating the show to the Crusher. Well,
1: that went way over my head then.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure I, I definitely okay. heard that on their show.
1: I stand corrected. Yeah. Uh, the TNA Impact the like night before Bound for Glory drew record numbers, believe it or not, with a 0.9 rating and a 1.28 million viewers. So even though the rating was only up 0.1, actual viewers blew away anything the company has ever done due to the increase to 1.58 viewers per home, which for Saturday night is incredible. In comparison from week one, the number is only up from 0.8 to 0.9, but actual viewers were up 52%. The show did a 1.5 among males, 25 to 34. So that's the prime audience for the company right now. The 1024 replay did the same 0.5 it always does.
0: You know, I've never understood the whole – rating thing because to me a 1.0 should be like 1 million I know I don't It's really 0.9 is 1.2 or whatever, like I don't understand it makes no sense to me
1: yeah I know um, speaking of ratings another quick note no, uh, the impact on 1027 replay did a 0. 0.5 rating so once again the replays are constantly getting that he does note that this is slightly down from the first two episodes but perhaps that it was hurting the big rating that USA uh, got head to head with the Scorpion King so, And then my final note is kind of an interesting one, um, and I cut a little bit out of this, but um, Jim Duggan, Hacksaw, made a statement on his, I believe on his website, regarding uh, Dave Nelson, who we've talked about quite often. Um, but he was supposed to be kind of going into business with him and stuff like that, but he actually discusses some pretty interesting stuff about TNA here. He notes that on April 26th, 10 days um, uh, after uh, something happened, I I, I think he had a meeting with him. He's supposed to be on an indie show. Um, yes, he was supposed to go on an indie show in Ohio. Uh, Nelson called him and says that he is down in Orlando for the TNA tapings. And if Hacksaw would come down and give him his opinion on what was going on with the company and as if he should get involved... Uh, Hexaw says, I have not been to a TNA taping in years since Jarrett hit me in the head with his guitar trying to get himself over again. I went down figuring that if uh, Nelson had the Panda and TNA people uh, whining and dining him, he must be legit. So basically, this is obviously talking about Hexaw thinking that Nelson is like a legitimate businessman here. Uh, Seeing the way that Nelson was able to use uh, his guys on the show further reinforces standing with TNA after watching a couple of tapings. We had a meeting where Nelson was supposedly about to invest $10 million into TNA. When he asked my opinion by Jerry Jarrett if he should invest, I said no, in caps, big N-O. He ended up taking his advice, pulled out of the TNA deal. Uh, Hexall says, I thought that was great, even though I burned the bridge with TNA forever. And that's that.
0: Has and Doug ever gone back there?
2: I don't think he ever has. So I do I think, think, in fact, you did. I, he...
0: think you did. I, oh, I uh... remember, I remember Duggan taking shots at TNA for two CW drawn bigger houses in the same venues as TNA would run. Yeah, you're right. Like 2008, <laughs> 2009, or something.
1: Like I was trying to think of the year, but yeah, you're right. He did do that.
0: He definitely did. It was in Almira. They're like, oh, oh yeah. CW drew 2,000, which is like more than the 400 that TNA drew in the same building three months ago or whatever
1: yeah so apparently he hates dna
0: yeah and then judging by the guitar shot mention
1: i love that he doesn't like jared either
0: yeah i was gonna say he clearly has an issue with that (laughs) like jared can't jared trying to get himself
1: over again
2: yeah
0: um i saw
1: i saw hacksaw from a distance yesterday he was at a a toy thing i went to and so i saw him from i saw him from a distance him and tito santana
0: Did you see uh, Derek
1: there? You know, it's funny because I did not, but I saw his picture literally right after I left, so I had to have just missed him. Yeah, because I was there. Um, just it's re- it's relevant to the podcast. Um, I saw a vendor post two TNA figures: Bobby Roode's Team Canada figure and the Brother Devon. And I immediately said, "I need to go to this and get these." And so I did. So we did. <laughs> so I did. If it's TNA related,
0: um, Dallas is fucking going.
1: I'm gonna freaking try, dude. That's for sure. Um, well, Bob, that is all I have to uh, to tell you before we get into today's show. Uh, we do have more that we will talk about during the show. And then I will just tell you right now, because I'm really excited. Next week's notes, there's some pretty interesting stuff. <laughs> I'm pretty excited to talk about next week. I couldn't remember if it was for this show or the next show. It is not. It's for next one. But it's going to be very, very interesting. And um, there's a lot of there's a lot that's going on. We have a lot going on here in TNA. We'll get to it. We'll chat.
0: I'm looking forward to it. Anytime, every, I feel like most of the time you, when you do that, it's something fucking that pisses me off. Mm. And uh, I oh, can't wait well, to get pissed off. Keep tuning in. All right, let's get into the October 29th, 2005 edition of TNA Impact. The approximate runtime for this is 41 minutes, 55 seconds. If you want to watch along with us, head over to Impact Plus. And uh, we're going to enjoy some impact here. The fallout from Bound for Glory. I'm going to count down from three. When I say play, that is one. The watch along shall be. So here we go. Three, two, one, play.
2: Oh, this is TNA. It's very loud in my ear.
1: And, you know, we are about to get some banger bound for glory highlights here. And, of course, we're starting out with that Jeff Hardy spot. Are they going to the whole clip?
0: Sh- no. Well, oh, they showed they a mean, different angle, though. That was cool they angle. They pretty good Yeah.
1: See, but I yeah. like that they're teasing. They don't show the full spots versus, like, pictures. I don't like when they like do the stills. Pitch- yeah. Like, that's what WWE does. I don't like the stills. I'm surprised well, they just showed that whole gore.
0: They showed the whole gore, though. <laughs> that was weird. They show the whole guard, but not the pin. But then they throw that he won the match. So it's like, okay, we know he won.
2: That was a little
0: weird. Yeah.
2: And then we just go right into the impact open.
0: Pa, 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 pa. New champion. No rhino. 60 so minutes. Genesis is in rush. three weeks. That's so freaking nuts, dude. So we're going to definitely get a fucking Jarrett Rhino rematch. There's no doubt about it.
1: I mean, I have to assume that's the Genesis main event, right? Yeah. How do you feel? Whoa, what is that thing? That's new. Did you just see that? Yeah. That looked like what they tried to do. Oh, I just saw the Genesis poster in the background with Jeff Hardy's face.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, That looked like one of those tubes that they tried to do at the asylum. Did they just repurpose a tube oh, and it from no. the ceiling? Maybe. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. The stage looks different, doesn't it? There's like, like little things underneath the screens. Yeah, I need a better view
2: of it. Oh, Abyss is kicking us off. Oh, well, maybe it's not. Maybe it was just darker. You normally you can't tell, but so now we have Abyss coming out. He says with James Mitchell, but we have not seen him yet. Oh, there he is. Okay, he's there. Yeah, he's he's always there, dude. Plus the line. He's usually there. And he's wearing red again. Now, if you're wondering, uh, so this aired on the
1: 29th of October. It was taped on the 25th. There was one dark match, Bob, um, that happened during this taping. And that's uh, Andy Douglas and Chase Stevens defeating Buck Quarterman and Lex LeVette. Hmm. And I will tell you right now,
2: there's a... Big note about that one next week. about the pre-show match or a dark match? Yeah. My teaser is that it wasn't supposed to be a dark match.
1: Uh, Lance Hoyt is Abyss's opponent here. It must go very badly.
0: Um, I have one indie note for Abyss. Uh, And I might have already mentioned this. I don't think I have. Uh, October 20th. BPW Abyss retained the heavyweight title by defeating Nigel McGuinness. Middletown, Ohio, in case you're
1: wondering. It's so funny you say that, um, about Nigel. Because, so, um, there's an Ultimo Dragon match that was supposed to be Joe's opponent for Genesis. Um, That's falling through here. But the next name that apparently is trying to be agreed upon for Genesis is Nigel McGuinness. Really? But... He had an overseas commitment to work in the U.K. that week. Uh, The company was in the idea of bringing in someone from outside of the U.S. Uh, Jeff Jarrett's idea was Abismo Negro, who we've seen before. Uh, Then the company decided to put Joe uh, in a Survival X match. Now, after that, McGinnis apparently canceled his overseas commitment and may be back on the show, but he won't be facing Joe. Although um, essentially there's uh, some match in England on November 12th that McGinnis was listed on. So who knows
0: they yeah, want to bring, James they really want to
1: bring Nigel good. in, but
0: yeah.
1: Lance Hoyt crossbody to the outside, taking out a best. I believe these two had a killer pay-per-view match uh, not long ago, if I remember correctly, right?
0: Yep. And uh, Lance Hoyt should have won. And then he didn't. And the crowd went dead. Yeah. And I believe uh, yeah, it was
1: hard justice, hard justice. And uh, Hoyt, Tweeted us saying it was one of his, I think, favorite matches in his TNA run.
2: And I could see why. I mean, it was really fun. Arush whip against a guardrail. And then uh, Hoyt gives him a nice elbow to the face. Oh, clothesline on the floor, Banda. Oh. There you go. Sunday the 13th of november genesis i might
1: have just said the third on accident that was a mistake if i did say that but they say abyss versus sabu no disqualification
0: that's what it sounded like
1: okay so we're uh five minutes and 13 seconds into the show and we already have
2: a match for the next pay-per-view announced
0: it's only three weeks away you gotta you gotta
2: i know i know i agree Nice chop, couple of right hands, clobbering uh, Hoyt here.
1: Hoyt is trying to fight back here, but Abyss throws him back in the corner.
0: I feel like them announcing that Abyss has a pay-per-view match means he's going to go over here.
2: Absolutely, it does. But he's not giving up. Oh, he grabbed him around the throat. Is he going to hit him with a choke slam? Oh, a knee to the midsection, choke slam to Lance Hoyt.
0: Got a chair. Oh, Mitchell <clears> tosses <throat> in a chair. I didn't notice Hoyt like slapping his leg super noticeably on those punches. By the way, see, see, but it. I would see. It's so
1: funny because I guess like I'm not looking for that, and so I'm just completely it. Big boot with the chair to abyss. He goes for the cover. <laughs> I
0: thought uh, he was going to win.
1: Okay, well, he almost did, but yeah. uh, Mitchell pulled the leg. So he pulled no!
0: no. Boy, he's getting distracted.
1: Look, at, he rolls into the ring. He's chasing him. And, of course, oh, wait, I thought he was going to hit him with a black hole slam. He, wait, he breaks out of the choke slam.
0: Right hand. Chop. Right hand. See, so he's not Fun. slapping his leg. Good job. See, now he's learned. I'd say maybe he read the report, but it wasn't out yet. There we go.
2: Black uh, hole okay, slam. We'll do that. One, two, three. There you go. The monster abyss is victorious. So far Hoyt has yet to beat the monster abyss.
1: Uh boy, he's got a bag of thumbtacks.
0: Is Sabu about to do like a run in or something?
1: Yes, he absolutely is. Lights out, Sabu appears, throws the chair at him before he dumps the thumbtacks out, then they don't gotta clean it up,
0: you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Or is he just gonna hug it? Oh, maybe he's just taunting with him? Okay. Mm-hmm. No. Oh fuck yeah, you well. fucking do it.
1: He was about to open the bag.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, he didn't throw the chair, but what is he ha- what does he have on He's hiding something. He's hiding something.
2: Is it barbed wire? Oh yeah. fuck his arm's covered in barbed wire.
0: It's like shredding his fucking forearm, dude. <laughs> this guy's nuts. What the fuck? <laughs> He doesn't even get to use it. He's scared Abyss off. Is Abyss scared of barbed wire? Yeah, great. So we found something that he's afraid of. A hardcore monster is afraid of fucking barbed wire. I feel like they've had
1: about seven no disqualification matches, but
0: later tonight, three live crew versus America's Most Wanted. Yeah, but how many of those... Um, we're going to get comments from Team, Team 3, 3D as well. How many of those no-DQ matches happen at the Asylum? And remember, that shit doesn't count.
1: No, I think, I mean... Because it like doesn't exist. Recently. They just had one on a pay-per-view recently.
0: Oh, they did, didn't they?
2: Wait. Mike Tanay, nonetheless, he's announcing something. Oh, baby. This Thursday, Bob. A two-hour special. Primetime, 9 p.m.
1: Now, oh. this is a very important note for everyone who's listening.
2: That episode will be dropping next Sunday. It's not dropping on Thursday. They're making an apology. Oh. They're uh. apologizing for the equipment malfunction. Is it make do a make good? Oh, I know what they're about to do. <laughs> the the Ultimate X rematch is gonna
1: be part. Of the Spike TV two hour special So they're doing a rematch Because there is the malfunction on the pay-per-view
0: Honestly uh, so they would probably do an Ultimate X anyway Because it's a primetime special I know uh, Here comes Jeff Jarrett
2: And so I've also Zabisco
0: with
1: Yeah Zabisco's with him um, I'm saying also uh, for our listeners that that episode is dropping
2: next Sunday because there's not an impact mm. on Sunday. That's why they're doing the primetime special on Thursday. Signed, sealed and delivered. Oh no. Jarrett versus Rhino. And the belt is coming home. Okay, Bob. We're not waiting for Genesis. Wow, did you see that, Jim?
0: Two-hour primetime.
1: So we're getting a commercial for the primetime special. And, Bob, I think it's very important to note here that Spike TV and TNA have pretty well confirmed that the regular primetime specials, no dates official at this point, but it's considered almost a lock. In February, the week that Raw is preempted for the dog show, that there will be at least one between uh, November 5th and February, provided that sides can come to financial terms as Spike will be paying TNA for their primetime specials. So this is not going to be the last one.
0: And again, I, I don't think it's a bad idea.
1: I like it. Now, uh, Clark in the ring. He looks like he's about to face Christopher Daniels. I also have a Christopher Daniels note. And that is, um, it's, a, it's not like a major thing here, but I thought it was interesting to point out. So Dave says, we know two ring rivals, they have had classic matches with each other over the past four years who hardly are in bad terms in real life. So when AJ Styles recently had a son, his middle name given was Cavell, which not coincidentally is the real name of Christopher Daniels. His name is Daniel Cavell. Daniel's wife, Lisa, on October 21st gave birth to a baby boy, Joshua Allen Cavell, Allen, of course, is the first name of AJ Styles. Um it's spelled a little bit differently, but
0: so they're like so, best friends. We get it. Yeah, they basically name their kids after each other. So yeah, they're like best buds. Cool. Yeah, they're best friends. I'll die right now. I'm not naming my kid I'm middle name Dallas. Fuck that. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> you wanna don't want to have him have a cool name, I guess.
2: No. Daniel's not wearing that necklace. Thank God. Fucking horrible.
1: Okay, so Bob, we didn't really... We're moving fast here, but what do you feel about this? Jarrett and Rhino on this uh, primetime special.
0: Well, Bells, I hate to tell you this, but I think <laughs> i think Jarrett's about to win the title back on a fucking primetime special because he's the biggest star that the company has in his own brain. Four days later. Yeah. I mean, that's gotta be what it is. Now, it makes sense in terms of if they then have another rematch two weeks later on Genesis because the babyface chasing the champion for a pay-per-view, whatever, I get it. But to me, if Jarrett wins on the primetime special, which if I had to guess, he fucking is. um, (sighs) Rhino's not winning that title back at Genesis. There's no way. If there's a title match at Genesis.
1: Yeah, this is feeling dirty to me, to be honest. Uh, I don't like it. I get, see, I see both sides to a degree. It's like, we want eyes on that primetime special, so we got to put a heavyweight title match.
0: But damn it. I'm going to make the argument that Jarrett being in the main event would cause people not to watch it. (laughs) I'm serious, man. If there was the main event was like Rhino against Samoa Joe, people are probably going to be like, oh, shit. Okay. Or even like Rhino Jeff Hardy, something like that, you know? Nice work around there, buddy.
2: Wow, that was really nice. Joe Clark is solid, man. I like Joe Clark. I like him better than
0: Mikey Bats. I'll tell you that.
2: I agree with that. Jarrell, like
1: fits very well in the X Division Whoa, what too. What the fuck was that? Wow, that was that nice. That was like a delayed,
2: angle slam looking thing, and he missed that out we'll, we'll there. Oh, angel's wings. Hits it. One, two, three. And that's it. Ha, 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 ha. Daniels looks pissed. That was a good little match. Do you miss D Ray three
0: thousand? Um, no. No. Oh. I kinda even forgot about D Ray. D Ray you- three thousand, of course, being a guy that got a contract with Johnny Fairplay. Convinced TNA that WWE wanted them. So D-Ray got a one-year contract. It's one of the funniest shits I've
1: ever heard. Oh, exhibition tag action coming up next.
2: Oh, Raven backstage here with Shane Douglas. The way you were robbed of the title. And then to see Rhino defeat Jarrett for your title. This is the first time we've seen Raven not being pulled out by security in the building for a while. Yeah. Cassidy Riley jumps in. You're right, he was robbed. It was the crime of the century. Raven, you're being played. You're being played by Larry Zbysko and the Championship Committee. Maybe she is get it. Can be in your head. Maybe she made you soft. He just backhanded Cassidy Riley. Who running. the fuck is
1: she? Yeah, so that's the second time. So they mentioned that. So they're um,
0: making... Okay, so this is not a reference to Beulah and shit like that. Well, what Rhino was saying was... Because he was saying, like, she got in your head ten years ago. Yeah, yeah but... Or no, five years ago, but it was ten
1: years ago. Roderick mm-hmm. Strong and Alex Shelley coming out. I don't like this, how
0: low the camera is. You know... Okay, so five years... Okay. Maybe I have to figure this out. So five years ago, it was 2000, and they were in ECW. And Raven did have a relationship with Francine on camera. Really? Okay. Yeah, I'm wondering if this is a potential tease for Francine. Oh. That'd be pretty interesting.
2: Let's keep she has,
0: she so, has been here before. That's right. Yep. Uh, Sanjay got okay.
1: coming out here next. That could be the girl
0: interesting you know who i think you know who would fit really well with raven is daphne oh yeah if that was the girl that's Ooh. like in his head or something yeah i would
1: wow aj styles dude i did not expect that i have an aj styles note.
0: aj Styles looks so good with that fucking title and the black and red gear dude Fuck yeah me. that this is a good look um. Apparently, TNA pulled
1: AJ Styles, Rhino, and Austin Aries from the Universal Uproar show in England on November twelfth for the fear that they wouldn't make it back to Orlando by uh, November thirteenth for the Genesis pay-per-view. So, hmm. also, I'm telling you right now that is the tube from the asylum. There's no way it's not. It has to be. It has to be. Um. And by the way, that is my final
0: note for the show. Oh. Okay. So. Uh, I have an indie note here for Mr. AJ Styles And it's actually for the same evening Of October 29th AJ Styles defeated Austin Aries oh. At Ring of Honors This means war in Woodbridge, Connecticut in a match that went 20 minutes and 35 seconds And then let me check for these other gentlemen
2: Because uh, Shelley and Styles starting us off by the way here
0: They're usually pretty busy Yeah. All right. So um, Alex Shelley is also busy here uh, this whole weekend. On the October 28th, he competed in the Grand Prix Tournament for UWA Hardcore. Um, defeating Cheech in the first round before losing to Kevin Steen in the semifinals. And then also on that October 29th Ring of Honor This Means War show, Alex Shelley wrestled Claudio Castagnoli to a 20-minute time limit draw. And then Roddy Strong probably has something on here as well. He just sells with a dropkick. Wow, okay. Uh, October 29th, this means war. Brian Danielson retained the Ring of Honor world title by defeating Roderick Strong in 37 minutes and nine seconds. Hmm. At this means war. Very and interesting. Sanjay, let's see if Sanjay's got anything either. You think I would know this before the show, but... I don't. <clears throat> uh, Alright, well, speaking of Mikey Bats as I just did a few moments ago, uh, October 29th, Sun J. Dutt defeated Mikey Bats in Ultra Dragon. At uh, TNT's fourth annual Night of the Superstars event in Waynesboro, Virginia. I had almost 1,800 fans in attendance, and I'm seeing if there's mm. anybody else. On the show, and yes, Dusty Rhodes was the main event of that show, defeating Bob Orton. Wow. Jerry Lawler was on the show. Al Snow defeated Maven in a Tough Enough showdown. All right. And uh, I think that's our Indie Notes for today's episode.
1: Wow. Wow, what a -a tilt-a-whirl head scissor by Sanjay John and Roger Tron. Crowds going nuts because these two just had an incredible exchange here. I mean, counter, counter, flipping... Dude, that tilt war, hot scissors nuts, crowd's loving it. I mean, it's been really good.
0: Such Dutt is so underrated.
1: We come back, and now Shelly's in, wiping
2: his feet on the mat, kicking it to uh, Dutt. <laughs> oh, Scott Demore's at the announce table. How can they redo Ultimate X? PD one.
0: Shelly with the moonsault for two count on Dutt.
2: He won at fair and square, and they're like, well, he didn't win anything it fell into his hands this is a good way to twist it i'm curious if pd's gonna still win if he was the planned
0: guy to win anyways i i I would have to think he would see i almost think you gotta switch it then i i probably would switch it yeah
2: i think that they have to switch it i think it's got to
1: be
0: one of the other guys for me personally and i don't i don't think we've seen it Uh, At least, certainly not on a a pay-per-view, but Saban-Styles singles match for the X-Division played on a pay-per-view, sign me up for that. Yeah, I would have Saban just win it.
1: Yeah, that's what I think, too. Oh, my God, that dropkick by Roddy.
0: Oh, man, Styles will spit right in his face. Wow. That's messed up. That's the one thing in wrestling. If I was like, my one thing don't do is don't spit in my face at least not on purpose as a result i would never wrestle sammy callahan you don't want to wrestle like sammy callahan who like spits and lets it drip no the... dude no dude i'm gonna throw up i i just watched a match of his where he spat a uh, loogie in the air and then caught it in his mouth yeah he does that Whoa. roger Holy strong shot. just murdered sanjay dutt with a
2: bag breaker Look, we're gonna see a replay of it. It was so bad. I That's even... Yeah, it was pretty nasty looking. Over his shoulders, his knees. The messiah of the backbreaker. Oh, oh. Nice little head scissor to Alex
1: Alex Shelley. There you go. Styles tag back in. Ducks the clothes on Roddy. Goes after Shelley. comes back. Couple of forearms, Shelly from behind. Pele kick, oh. nice spin kick to take out Roddy. Irish whip comes off the rope. Back body drop. Yes. That's a big one. Did you know the Pele kick was named after the uh, soccer player? You sure?
2: Okay. You sure? Pump handle slam. Oh no! Pump handle gutbuster. Oh, Shelly breaks it up. Yo, this is a good-ass tag match right now. This has been very good. Oh, nice backbreaker on Styles.
0: You know, it's matches like this that make me wonder that if if Ring of Honor had gotten a TV deal instead of TNA, just how successful they would have been. Because it's basically every match is like this.
2: Right. That's,
0: That's like crazy shit.
2: Oh. Oh, baseball
1: slide. I thought he was going to. Oh, oh holy shit. He pulled him out so far. He missed the mat and he hit the concrete, I think. Roddy going after Styles again, but Styles counters.
2: Huge clothesline dude flips him inside out. Going for the Styles clash now. Boom. Is it a Three. Yep, Dutt happened to get the leg of Shelly, stopping him from getting in.
1: Styles gets the pin on Roger Strong. That was freaking awesome. That was a good match. It was really, really good.
0: And I like that Shelly and Strong are uh, teaming. Morphoplex, dude. The Morphoplex
1: replay. The Morphoplex moment of the night.
2: I lost so many pounds, I can't keep my pants on.
0: Okay. So that's official. Then AJ will defend the title against the winner of Ultimate X at Genesis. Say Ben. Say Ben. That's who I'm hoping for.
1: Three Life Crew is in Larry Zbysko's office here.
2: He's uh, accusing Larry Zbysko of watching a naked co ed poker game on his computer. Well, he wants to fight uh, Team Canada, but here comes Kip James. Larry, did you give him the, the rematch? Oh, Genesis. The only problem I can see is the coach got the more. Oh. Kip James wants to be the special referee. Eh? Oh. Killings is not a bad idea. What do you think, k Dog? And Conan looks fucking pissed. Oh. Well, you're like instant chaos, just like water and mix. Every time you, I turn around, I get hit with a guitar,
1: or obliterated with a chair. So Conan does not like the idea that Kip James is going to be the referee.
2: Oh. See, so yeah. I...
1: Oh, you're talking like uh-huh. a bitch? I'm going to slap you like a bitch, he says. So, Kip James wants to be the special referee to help Scott Moore as 3 Life Crew is going to face Team Canada at Genesis.
2: Oh, the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Oh, what is this little highlight package? George Hackenschmidt a century ago. Oh, we're,
1: like, showing some asylum footage here.
0: That's like the first episode. First favorite. We
1: we We saw Dory Funk, Harley
0: Race. You can watch Pootie Tang tomorrow at 9 (laughs) p.m.
2: Well, you guys know we are watching the Spike TV version of this. (laughs) This is a cool little package about the title. Making it seem like a big deal. I don't know why we just did that, but it was nice. That was
0: kind of random, but that was good.
2: Ryan over Jeff Jarrett primetime this Thursday to our special.
1: Pete Williams, Chris Saban, and Matt Bentley in the Ultimate X. It returns
2: again. This might be the closest in time that we've ever had an Ultimate X to each other. Here comes America's Most Wanted. it It has to be. America's Most Wanted with Gal Kim. Oh, yeah. Heel AMW, top-notch shit here, man. I love it. Look how pissed that girl in the front. Like, did you see her? Okay, so did you hear that? No, I was I was talking
0: about how I like them as a heel group, so I missed okay, that Okay, so completely. you just missed the main event for Genesis that was announced. What? Yeah. What is Jeff it? Jeff Jarrett is teaming with America's Most Wanted to take on Rhino and Team 3D at Genesis.
2: Whoa.
0: So now that makes me wonder if Rhino, if Rhino is going to retain. Mm. No way. Jared, the primetime special. Give me a fucking break. BG
1: Except James Jared, and Ron Killings are fading.
2: Americans just wanted. Conan is ringside for reference. Okay. Conan. He doesn't wear a bandana like that. He does right? sometimes. Now sometimes, he comes
1: out know, often man, with him when he's when he's like the manager. He'll do this and then he'll pull it down,
0: so then you can see his face. Okay, I have so I have an idea. Tell me how what you think. So let's say hypothetically that Conan were to or uh, homicide were to come into the company. What if one time they come out and. Homicide is dressed up as Conan But they don't know if he has the bandana And then he attacks them
1: You could do that You could easily do it See now that you say that Conan's gonna be the one that turns Like I really think that is what's gonna happen
0: (laughs) Because Kip is showing His intentions Every week And it's like he wants to help He's trying to be positive You know positivity or whatever And it's always Conan That's giving the cold shoulder And saying no no no
2: Right. Welcome <sighs> to the cruise crib. PJ James
0: and a stupid freaking thing.
2: Now, two, Bugger Three live crew. Woo! Let's see what's gonna happen in this match. Oh, our round killings! Mocking MW? He's wearing James Storm's cowboy hat while he's got him in a headlock right now.
0: He's dancing like a cowboy.
2: Hurricane Rana by
0: Ron Killings. Team 3D, they're on the way to the arena. It's an hour show, and they are not here, and there's 11 minutes left in the
2: show. Going for a double close line. Ron Killings Ducks comes back, double drop kick, knocks both AMW down. Oh.
0: Somersault dive by Ron onto the Tag Team Champions. True, 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 true. I should display my AMW uh, figures, shouldn't I? Probably. I won't.
2: Probably I, need, gonna I need to get that James Storm one still. Do You do? Yeah, I don't have the James Storm. I only you just have, have that. hair? Yeah, and
1: do you, do you have Mustache Harris or not Mustache Harris? I believe it's Mustache. You should check. Like there's, there's two of them. I'm,
0: pre- I'm pretty sure it's...
1: There's two of them. One is a Mustache and one doesn't.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, when I move things around today, I'll uh, try to find it. I'm on the hunt for non-Mustache. I I'm pretty sure I have... Like, the goatee or whatever.
2: I'm pretty sure. Ooh, little back elbow action here.
1: My my TNA Marvel collection is uh, slowly but surely growing. I do think one day I will complete it.
0: How many figures are in it? Like, the collection?
1: Mine, the full, or what? The full collection. The full? I, off the top of my head, I don't know. Um, it's not, like... N- it's not impossible, which is nice. Like, there's a small enough series. The The problem is they have a lot of weird variants, and that's where it gets tough.
0: Ron just hit his uh, 2002 finishing move, the Truth or Co- Consequences, which is a sit-out front suplex. And here comes BG James Storm getting a tag, BG, with some forearms, which is technically taped up, so that should be illegal, but what do I know? Storm dumping Ron to the floor, hitting his back on the apron. Big boot by BG. I will say BG can get his leg up pretty high. I not a big boop. Yeah. I can't do that. Oh, he's dancing. He did a couple punches, said suck it. That's rude. Takes out Harris. Shake, 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 and miss.
1: I hate that so much, dude.
0: The shake, shake, shake knee thing?
1: Yeah, I hate that.
0: Catatonic.
1: No, oh, countered. Oh, pump handle slam on Harris. Is he going to do the hump?
0: Oh, no, because Gail Kim gets on the apron. Here comes Conan. Oh, see, now Conan's going to cause issues. Oh, Harris and Storm swapped out, so I think that's Storm in there now. Twin magic? Oh, because oh, here no, comes see now Scott here comes Kip behind Scott Demore, who's got a hockey stick, but Kip is making the save. Conan doesn't know, so now Conan's going to think that he... Oh, no, never mind. BG... But don't use it, BG. You're gonna lose by DQ. The referee's watching him and he's like, Don't do it. What? Okay. Ready? Here we Harris go. Harris took it away. Storm now. Super kick. One, two, three. That's a three. Okay, so now Conan is somehow gonna blame Kip for this. When it's BG
2: Conan's fault.
0: Well that too, and BG like took twenty minutes to fucking try to use the hockey stick. Go. Yeah. I'm because sorry.
2: This storyline has been dragged out so fucking long,
1: dude. It's inc- it's honestly incredible. I mean, if it was me, if this is real life, and I had a friend who was like, there's someone else who's coming in. I don't think I'd be waiting six months to figure out what the fuck's going on. Right. Team 3D oh, is here, dude. Team 3D dude. has decided to show up finally. Well, there's less than 10 minutes left of the show.
0: For the last quarter hour. That's where you need to get that ratings pop. Yeah, you got to keep that audience. We haven't seen Rhino. This guy fucking won the title and he's not even on the show. Whoa, that's a really good point. Uh, He's got to be coming out during this
1: segment or something. Rumors of their death, greatly exaggerated. However, is one of the best segments in TNA history, I'd argue. Oh, you know
0: what? At work yesterday... I was talking about old school wrestling with a coworker, and they fucking brought up the funeral thing. No, they did not. I swear to God. And I was like, dude, I just watched that a few weeks ago. And he was like, really? That's I was like, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow. It, it must have really been a huge hit <clears throat> back in uh, 2005 It was uh, a great. I, I mean, I guess
1: so. If someone random at work, I mean, is he a big wrestling fan or? Yeah, we were talking about like old school TNA,
0: but like. Oh, okay to mention the funeral thing was i mean that's pretty specific expected. yeah that was not expected i think it's funny here that uh bubba or brother ray excuse me is wearing a leather jacket but then devon's like let me show you my guns because i've been working out devon's jacked at this point so i don't blame him he yeah he looks fucking shredded probably a morphoplex has been helping him out mm.
2: He's like, we're ready to make an impact and that's what Team 3 has done, won't you agree? Even though we just got beat down by AMW and had a funeral about our careers happen. Oh, a standing ovation to their new favorite tag team. America's Most Wanted. Boo. Are we about to see AMW come out here again? I doubt it. I feel like they should have done this, like, post-match and just confronted him. Yep, so they've done something that no other team has been able to do to us for 10 years. They said they made a mistake. You made a deadly mistake. That's Is that a little inside baseball to be in the deadly
0: boys? <laughs> that's what I just thought if they try to switch the deadly boys I swear to god I'm gonna fucking scream
1: well he said you left us for dead like they're they keep saying it. yeah we're too tough to
2: die <laughs> oh baby we heard about the funeral Drinking beer at the funeral, pissing in our casket. World travels fast in this business. So we got a couple of words for you. We know every single person that was in that funeral home. Like Jeff
0: Jarrett. He said Jarrett weird, though. He said Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> you are the...
2: Axe! World Champion. G-Pap. You are now public enemy number one. <laughs> and a Genesis. You'll be in this ring. AMW. And Jeff Jarrett.
1: Against Team 3D and the NWA Heavyweight Champion Rhino, which Bob has pointed out, they already announced. That's right. On commentary. Now the fans know, I guess. Okay, Devon's talking now. He's going to lay out some vengeance. Look at those freaking traps.
0: Uh, This is the best shape he's been in his life. Next Thursday, Devon trying to go for the world title.
2: Oh. It's time. It's time. For Team 3D to lay a path of rage on Team Canada. So Team Canada
1: versus Team 3D on the primetime special next week, guys.
0: So naturally, here comes Team Canada. Okay, I get why they didn't confront AMW now.
2: And it's Bobby Roode and Eric Young. Very important to point out. TNA goes prime time. He gets cut up by Bobby Roode. Team 3D. I want that shirt so bad. That is T-N-A. a great
0: shirt. TNA. It's it's so good. That's That's a great T shirt.
2: They like um. Not long ago.
1: Oh, wait, here's PD and no. A1 from behind. They recently did, like, a Team Canada shirt, but
2: it was, like, a new version, and, like, I want, like, old-school Team Canada shirt. Right. Okay, so we're beating down on Team 3D what here, and what something's happening.
0: Who is it, Jeff Hardy?
2: Nope. Three, three life, life
0: crew. crew. Okay. Are we really not going to get Rhino? I don't understand. This. Is Conan in completely different clothes than he just was? Uh, Like, is he in a three life crew jerseys now? And now I mean, before he wasn't, I think so.
1: Yeah. And even his pants are different. So he
0: like did full wardrobe change. Yeah. 3D here on uh, a one.
2: I mean, this really nicely. As Scott. The more gets in the ring. I just can't believe A1 is still in Team Canada.
1: I mean, what does he ultimately really do? Anything? I, no, you know. that's what I mean. <laughs> he, he looks like he should be the muscle, and he's clearly like not. Here's Jarrett and AMW after uh, they were about to beat up Scott Demore.
0: So this alliance with Jarrett, AMW, and Team Canada is basically an alliance of like eight people. It's a big one. I don't hate it. No, I don't either. I'd even put diamonds in the rough with him. Make There's fucking, Rhino. Oh, here's Rhino. Of course. The final fucking 15 seconds of the show. He couldn't get in the ring. Oh my God.
2: TNA's first two-hour primetime special coming up is Rhino knocks Jared out of the ring.
0: Okay, so that's a, that, was a, that was a good show. I mean, that flew Thumbs by Thumbs for being 41, almost 42 minutes. My only gripe here is that they did nothing with Rhino. I know he came out with literally with what is with their obsession of bringing people out with 20 seconds left in the show. And that's it. They do that quite often. They did it with Nash coming out. We was walking to the ring. We saw no physical contact team 3d at the pay-per-view on the pay-per-view. Like that was like a minute left in the show, but like what? And then here 15 seconds and he punches Jared a few times. That there, I think there should have been a better follow-up with, with
1: Rhino. I agree with that completely. So that, that's um, but I do agree. I think it was a, a solid episode of Impact. And, Bob, we got a big one for you guys next week. Prime Time Special. It's a two-hour episode with commercials. It's an hour and 20 minutes. But it's going to be uh, bigger than normal. We have a huge NWA title match, Jarrett Rhino. We have an Ultimate X rematch. We got Team
0: 3D versus Team Canada. Are we watching a pay-per-view next week, Bob? I know. What the hell, man? This feels like a weekly pay-per-view type of show
1: yeah it does
0: which so actually going, is kind of exciting yeah they're going back to the roots uh so i'm looking forward to that it is um i don't think i've ever seen the primetime special to be
1: honest i, I don't know if i mean i at this point i don't know what i've seen <laughs> Yeah, i get everything all mixed up so i'm just going to assume i have also not seen it but i'm really excited about it and then after that we only have one more week and then it's genesis so we are
0: flying Yeah, so I'm looking forward to the primetime special. Hopefully you guys are as well. So we will see you in just a few short days. And by that means still technically a week, but in the world of TNA, it's like five days later that there is a two-hour primetime special. Hopefully TNA does well, but we're going to look forward to it next week. Two hours primetime. Until then, for Dallas Greedley, I am Bob Colling Jr., and this has been the TNA Cross the Line podcast. Boom